Welcome to Peak Mind. I'm your host, Michael Trainer. It's an honor to be with you. And uh, I've had a couple interviews this week, and I keep getting the same question, which is, what do I do to build relationships? I think a lot of people look at relationships transactionally. It's actually one of the things that drives me crazy uh, is this reach out, can I pick your brain? Um, and this sort of networking mentality. And in my view, this is sort of a brash statement, but I would almost say networking is dead, at least in its transactional sense. Sure, it will continue to exist, and there will be conferences and badges and business cards, but I don't actually even carry a business card. Uh, Why? Because if I have enough of a rapport with someone that I want to connect with them, Uh, One, I think it's strategically far more valuable to just enter them into my phone right away and send them an immediate text than to take a business card, which I then scan and follow up later uh, in a a period where they've already processed numerous conversations and I'm no longer top of mind. So actually, my first tip is, is get someone's contact if you build rapport with them straight away and message them right away. So don't ask for someone's business card. Uh, In in my my view, I I would ask for their contact, but I would make sure that that comes first from a genuine rapport. So I think there's an inner game and an outer game, if you will, to relationship building. And all of your outer results in the context of transformational relationships in your life will come from the inner game of who you're being when you connect with that person. Your way of being attracts your relationships. What do I mean by that? Oftentimes, people lead with the question, what do you do? And in my view, that's the wrong question. It's helpful in the context of if you're sort of speed networking or you want to qualify someone as either resonant or not resonant based on transactional value. But genuinely, if you're really trying to build a relationship with someone long-term, it's first helpful to know who they are. What are they passionate about? What do they care about? And if you can find that rapport first, then ascertaining what they do will be far more consequential because they'll be much more likely to want to do something with you if you start first with rapport. So one of my first recommendations is lead first with being and with curiosity, because your way of being attracts people to you, right? So in general, you want to be in a place of attraction rather than in a place of neediness or seeking. You know, you could you could understand that in the context of dating, right? Like almost anyone, doesn't matter who they are, what they look like, if they're feeling good about themselves and they're coming from a place of wholeness, worthiness, etc., people be, will, will be attracted to them. You know, we've all heard the adage, it's actually when you're not looking that everyone comes to you, whereas where you're, 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 you're out looking and kind of needy and frantic to find a connection, that's oftentimes when you, you repel. And so I think there's this kind of a sweet dance energetically with your come from and who you're being. And so what I really recommend in the context of building world-class relationships is first do the inner work. You know, what do you need to do before connecting to people to really be yourself? Uh, For me, that looks like uh, meditation. That looks like actually 
spending a few minutes just setting my intention for the for the evening or or the day ahead if it's a networking event or or a seminar or a conference what do i want to achieve today what would i like to feel like today i think that's a really valuable question because if you ascertain what you want to feel like and what you're looking to uh, achieve at cause in other words you can be the source of your experience and kind of perpetually reassess whether your experience during the course of that day or that evening is aligned to the intention that you set for yourself or you could just be at effect to whatever comes at you right like you're just sort of like okay whatever comes my way I'll kind of take it now nothing wrong with that it's just to say I think if you go into it with the notion and orientation that is, I have this intention. Now, intention to me is different from expectation, right? Like expectation, I feel like almost sets you up for failure, right? Like if I don't walk out of this with X, Y, and Z results, right? Like if I don't walk out of here with like this business deal, or I don't walk out of here with, you know, meeting the, the partner of my life, whether it be personally or romantically, this was a, a failed investment of time and money and energy, right? Oftentimes that sets you up for failure because you're walking in with expectation. Whereas if you walk in with intention and your way of being is one of listening, and, and by listening, I don't just mean listening um, in the sense that we're normally accustomed to, but listening also to your gut, right? Like we know now that our gut is a source of intelligence beyond which we had previously reckoned with, right? It's your enteric nervous system. They call it your second brain. We all have this intuitive sense, if we listen to it, that says, you know, uh, for whatever reason, I feel like I'm going to go right rather than left, or for whatever reason, I really feel like I need to speak with this person, uh, but you don't necessarily know why. Follow that. Because there is an absolute value to your own inner intelligence. And I think if you come in with, with intention and not expectation and you're in a process of inquiry, that, in my experience, leads to the best results. Because time and again, and I've, I've, done, I've gone to, I've spoken at, I've attended so many different conferences, meetups, experiences, whatever you want to call them, where people are coming in with the intention to network. And in my view, there's a clear difference between how it feels when someone approaches you and you know that they're looking to extract something from you. You know, it's almost like, what do you do? Or like, you know, they lead by like looking at your badge and they're, you know, always surveying the room behind you. You know, you can tell they're not looking you in the eye. They're actually like checking out, oh, is there someone more valuable? You know, they lack presence, right? And you can feel that, right? You can, you can totally feel that when someone's speaking with you, but they're not actually present. To me, it doesn't matter who they are because what they're telegraphing to me, what they're communicating to me, even if their words aren't indicating as such, is that I'm not worthy of their time or they haven't taken the time to invest in me to know actually who I am, what I care about, what I'm passionate about, which is actually what would lead me to want to support and help them, right? So... My, my piece of counsel would be don't be that person, right? Like don't be the person who comes in strong and is basically all about how, who's in the room, how can, I, how can I extract value, et cetera. Now, I want to touch for a minute because it just hit me on influencers, right? Celebrities, whatever you want to call it. 
the other thing people often ask is like, how did you connect with, you know, hosted events with Jay-Z, Beyonce, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how to express this without being sort of name droppy, but, um, you know, and, and when, before we had actually built, for example, Global Citizen Festival, which was, which was my, you know, previous role in incarnation, you know, when we were building that, we hadn't yet proven ourselves. So initially it was, you know, you're going out and you're looking to meet potentially, you know, uh, influential humans that could be a value to something you're looking to create. And at that point, we didn't have uh, we didn't have the credibility of having demonstrated success. So it had to be a come from that was attractive enough to further the inquiry, but not repelling in that you know it was looking like we didn't have our, our act together or we came off in the wrong way. So what I'm trying to express is our way of being was essential to attracting the kind of caliber of artists that would make our vision come to reality, right? And a lot of times I see people in rooms and you can almost feel the energy, right? Like say you're uh, around a celebrity or you happen to be communicating with a celebrity. Uh, for example, I was uh, recently had the privilege of going to actually a philanthropic benefit uh, at Necker Island with, with uh, Richard Branson. And there was a, a period in time where we're, uh, you know, talking around the tennis court and just the amount of people that kind of hover around and you can kind of tell they're all like trying to get a picture or whatnot. Um, I feel like there's an energy that you come with uh, that will either be an additive to the person you're speaking to or feel like a takeaway. And my vision, is, my vision and view is don't be like everyone else. In other words, don't walk in and, and demonstrate that you're a fan, even if you are a fan. Look to be distinct and look to meet someone where they're at and look to really know who they are and add value. I think that's true with anyone, right? I think you always want to come in with the idea of how can I add value to this person's life? But I think specifically in the context of sort of celebrities and influencers, how can you not be the annoying fan that, uh, that is constantly hitting them up to try to extract value, right? So um, another friend of mine, I won't mention her name, we were, we were recently in Puerto Rico and uh, we were out salsa dancing and the number of times someone would just come up, not even introduce themselves, right? Not even like, do what you would do as a normal human, but literally be like, hey, can I get a picture? And like literally like put their face next to hers and like take out like the camera and selfie. And, and she's a very gracious human. So she was basically, she would basically be like, hi, my name is, what's your name? You know, and, and oftentimes would acquiesce, but that person may walk away with a picture, but they're not, if they're, if they're fortunate, but they're not walking away with a genuine connection that would lead to the furthering of any genuine relationship. And so what, what, what's really the takeaway of that experience? Maybe they get a certain number of likes, a little dopamine injection for, for, for a second or two, and then it's done, right? Whereas if you actually come in and you, without fanning out, just genuinely look to connect with someone as if you would anyone else, and lead with listening, right? Like, What's someone's body language? Are they open? Are they desiring of, of, of con contact and connection in this moment? Um, how do they respond? You know, um, oftentimes if I'm just opening a random conversation, I'll just comment on something that occurs to me and 
kind of take a temperature, if you will. So beautiful bracelet, you know, oh, I love your jacket. And it has to be genuine, you know, like great jean jacket. I love that. I have one uh, uh, that I got and I, I want to get this Pendleton embroidered on the back. Where'd you find that? You know, and genuine, like that's a small thing. But if someone engages me and is like, oh, I love Pendleton. Yeah, I thought about, then I know they're actually interested in the conversation. Whereas if, if they're like, yeah, one word answer. Okay, cool. Oh, well, have a beautiful day, you know, move on. I think, again, it goes to the notion of like, who are you being? And how do you, how do you move into an interaction with the intention and orientation of kind of joyfulness, playfulness, um, inquiry, curiosity, and, and also, you know, sort of almost like a take it or leave it attitude. Not, not, not in the sense that you don't care, but more in the sense of there's no, there's no onerous expectation. I think the key is how do you, how do you engage with someone and have intention but not come across as having this like extract, extract, extraction-oriented orientation. And so as I've been thinking about this, and I haven't necessarily codified it into like all these different steps, um, what occurs to me is first is like, what's the inner game of who you're being and how does that occur to people? And so I think really asking yourself that question is valuable. Now, as a bit of a part two, I'd like to get into some tactical pieces around uh, building and maintaining relationships. So one of my favorite things to do whenever I'm looking to build relationships with people is one, and I think this goes without saying, is you often, you, you want to lead with value, right? Like Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this sort of jab, jab, right hook, which is a more strategic approach, but his notion is add value, add value, add value before you his right hook is make an ask, right? Like, so one of the things that I often do, whether there's an ask or not, I don't necessarily, uh, most of the time I actually have no ask. I'd like to just be adding value is I think you should be looking at, even if you have a transactional expectation or desire, add value, add value, add value multiple times before you ever make an ask. Most people lead with the ask and that is the absolute wrong approach in my view. Now, I will also say that I love directness as opposed to a soft yes. So one thing I will say is, this is a bit of a caveat, is be authentic and be direct, uh, but don't kind of play in that game of what feels like manipulation, right? Like you're like, oh yeah, like even if you, if you mean no, but you're like, oh yeah, like let's get together. Oh, I'd love to, let's do lunch. Then you never follow up. To me, that's worse than a no, right? Like if, if you're a yes or a no, be a yes or a no. Being in that soft in-between because you don't want to hurt people's feelings oftentimes lead people to waste time, and time is our most valuable resource. So my, my view is don't do that. But what are the ways in which you can add value without being uh, perceived as extractionary? Well, there's simple things you can do, right? So... My greatest, I think, asset is I love to create unique experiences that are that are something that doesn't matter if you're a billionaire or you know a, a, a bus driver or working at the, that, that everyone finds unique and 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 exceptional. And 
because of my my heart is towards sort of philanthropy and impact, I often have that around a charity or 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 a charitable experience. And so, uh, one of a cogent example is uh, there's a beautiful place here called the Wolf Connection in Los Angeles, and they have 25 rescued wolves. They've rescued them from fur factories and a variety of other places. They can't be released into the wild, but they've created this really dynamic, unique place where. They'll bring youth that are sort of at risk from the inner city and these wolves that have been rescued and they do a, a really dynamic curriculum to bring both groups back to life. And on occasion, they'll do uh, a full moon hike. Super unique. Very few people have walked with wolves under the full moon. But, uh, but an incredible experience. And so oftentimes if I meet someone and it may be uh, you know, a quick experience... I will oftentimes, you know, casually say, oh, have you, if I'm in LA, have you been to the Wolf Connection? No, what's the Wolf Connection? Oh, it's an incredible place. I went there, fell in love with the spot. They have these rescued wolves and you can do uh, walks under the full moon. Really? I'd love to go. Oh, great. Give me your info. I'll send you an invite. And I've done that multiple times. Um, and Sometimes I'll go with people. Sometimes I'll just say, here, I'll connect you to the founder. Uh, go off and, and have a great time. That happened to me randomly. It was at a restaurant with a group of friends, and uh, Woody Harrelson and Owen Wilson sat next to us. Had a great conversation with Woody. And he's like, oh, I think my daughter would love that. I was like, oh, great. And email connected him to Mateo, my friend at the Wolf Connection, and he wound up taking his daughter. I didn't go with him. There was no, like, it was simply, I'd love to add value to you go off and have a wonderful experience. I'm guessing I haven't tried, but if I hit up Woody now via email again, he would likely respond because I could be like, hey, how was the Wolf Connection? Hope you had a great experience. Um, that Another serendipitous experience happened where I invited someone who invited Moby, and Moby's a, a deep animal lover. And so that's another tip I would say is what are the experiences that would resonate with the passions of the people you're looking to connect with? And he was so moved by the experience that he invited myself and Teo, the founder, to dinner at his restaurant, Little Pine. And it's now turned into an informal men's group where we get together every few months and chat about what's, what's coming up for us. And it's really added a tremendous amount of value to my life. But there was no expectation or transactional value. It literally evolved organically from being of service and just trying to, you know, uh, add value to people's lives. So... One of the things I love is experiences. Now, if you don't live in a place where you have a wolf connection or it's equivalent in your area, you know, another thing I love to do is dinner parties. And, I, you know, my apartment is actually not big enough to host a large-scale dinner party. So I'll find opportunities now to host those uh, either at a restaurant, which can be an informal gathering. Um, I will, I have friends who have bigger homes and I'll find a way to make that an extraordinary experience. You know, I'll either, um, reach out to local merchants that may want to be in-kind sponsors, which has happened multiple times and I'll get like incredible juices or, or, um, various healthy foods donated and, you know, you can create a really beautiful dinner. So one of the other things I love to do is what's great about a dinner is, you can compound the experience for other people. You can kind of, I like to call it social alchemy. You can put people in a room where you think, oh, they're, they're probably going to be value in this because I know what this person likes, I know what this person likes, and I can really see them hitting it off. But without being forced about it, you're putting them all in the room, you make provide a, a, a subtle and gracious introduction, and then you step away. 
And there's huge value in, in being the catalyst for other people developing rapport with others that you have no attachment to what happens. Uh, and in my experience, just being the host for those types of gatherings has such profound value because people will start to see you as a catalyst for the types of relationships that they really want to generate in their life. So finding ways, and by the way, this does not have to be super expensive. My friend Craig Clements um, hosted a mastermind group when he was getting started in business, and they do Monday Thai night, and they'd all order Thai food and split the cost, and everyone would get together, and they'd you know, just share tips around business. So that it can be literally a mastermind. It can be informal and be personal. I was just at a gathering actually at Craig's house on Sunday, and a woman sat down with me and she's like, you know, she was, she's a very, very successful woman. She's like, I'm not actually looking to generate a tremendous uh, number of new friends, which is not something I personally relate to. I, I have a growth mindset. I always want to be generating new friends. But she was like, but I would uh, deeply love to meet uh, my potential partner. Do you, can you think of any, um, you know, sort of single successful men that you can invite to a dinner? And I was like, Sure, happy to. You know, I have tons of great single friends. And so she's hosting a dinner at her place and she wants to do a Jeffersonian style and talk about, um, you know, the notion of relationship. And and just by saying yes to that, last night I was literally out at a, a gathering with Mind Valley and I ran into this woman, Catherine Woodward Thomas, whose book I have on my bookshelf and it's called Calling in the One. And it's all about finding your ideal partner. So I'll likely invite Catherine Woodward Thomas and we may have this phenomenal conversation. Why? Because I declared a yes. Again, there's no really transactional value for me, but there's this incredible opportunity to be the catalyst for community. And in my experience, if you lead by wanting to add value genuinely from your heart for other people, um, results that are, that are sort of self-interested, if you will, just come to you. And so um, there's no real system or science to that. It's not necessarily transactional. I just think that there's the inner game and relationship building, which is leading with giving, that yields profound results in and of itself. So I, this is, I think, going to be a series. I'm, I'm really passionate about this subject of relationship building and have uh, invested a lot of time into it. Um, there's various tactical things I'd love to touch on in future episodes. I'll just sort of tease into a few here, but uh, one of the things I love to do is where there's um, where there's noise, how do you avoid the noise and go to where uh, you can leave a unique impression? So I oftentimes like to go analog when most people go digital. So for example, lots of people lead with emails, right? But all of us are deluged with emails. Emails in our mind are kind of codified in business and, and taking care of business. Whereas if you send someone a handwritten note, mail is oftentimes associated with bills. When someone gets a handwritten note that someone's taken the time to write, to put a stamp on, to go to the mailbox and mail, they know that it's imbued with intention, right? It's not a five second thing they whipped out on their computer. The impression that that leads is profound. And there's a variety of things you can obviously send through the mail. I once got an incredible invite uh, from a, an incre- a, a really profound Native American elder, and it, it included an eagle feather. And I still have that, that feather because it was such a unique invite. So things that are unique and distinct and come in unique ways have profound value, I think, as being a catalyst for relationship. 
Um, in the digital space, I actually love to send voice notes. You know, most people make calls and leave voicemails, which I find oftentimes get stacked up, or they will, um, you know, write uh, write a text. But a voice note, I think still, at least at this stage, is relatively unique. And you can be clear, it pops up as a text, so it doesn't go to the voicemail box. You let someone know you're thinking about them, but you can also be uh, concise. It's personal because they hear your voice, and it's really a beautiful tool. One of the other things I'll recommend um, is a, a friend of mine who's a master connector, Joe Polish, uh, will oftentimes, right on the spot, introduce someone to someone else with the vision that it'll be mutually beneficial for both parties in a video message. So say you're at an event and you're talking to someone and they, it occurs to you that they might be a great fit to connect with someone else. He takes his phone out and he right then and there says, you know, hey, it's Joe, uh, Tony, I was thinking of you. I think Craig would be a great fit. You guys are both up to uh, big things in the world, and I think you would resonate because of this, this, and this. I'll let you guys take it from here. Boom. Put you on a three-way text thread and off to the races. And there's huge value in that, right? Like Joe doesn't necessarily have any transactional value in that. He's not getting anything from it. At the same time, to be a catalyst for two people that may develop a profound resonance or relationship or something that adds value to their life, he'll, it'll always be an additive and it will yield, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a garden you're planting seeds in that will flower beyond your reckoning, right? Uh, it'll be pollinated by various people that'll come in. And as you start to sort of sow these community seeds, if you will, with the intention of adding of value to people's lives... Um, in my experience, the results are profound. So for me, you know, I have gone, I've, I've done events for 70,000 people, 250,000 people. Uh, now I love just as much throwing events for 20 people, a dinner party for 12 people. And each has its own context and container. Uh, you know, I, I I'm love to create social impact in the world. And so doing large-scale events is obviously the way to do that in many regards. However, you can create absolutely profound impact both personally and for the world with the right, with the right group of people uh, brought together and, and wherein there's a container for mutual resonance. And so I think really thinking through some of the strategies as it relates to relationship building and connection um, sort of in the world, but also in a way that you can follow up um, online and digitally is something I'm really putting my head to. And so, so you can count on me in future episodes to really delve into how you can utilize tools both online and off to build profound relationships and community that change your life. So... That's my uh, contribution, my first solo round for the Peak Mind podcast. I hope you found it helpful. Uh, if you did, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Please, 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 um, if, you, if you enjoyed it, uh, rate and review. And uh, tag us. Tag me at Michael Trainer. Uh, tag Peak Mind. And let us know where you're listening to the podcast, what resonated with you. Uh, feel free to send me any feedback. I, I take it all to heart. My vision is to be of value and contribution to this community. So you're always welcome to reach out. I take, I take every comment seriously and look to reply to 
all of them if I can. So thank you guys so much for being here. Um, Go out there and live your inspired life.